Amen. Turn to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. So I wrote down to write a message about upon this rock will I build my church. And instead, I wrote this message, which I titled, Obey the Truth. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Obey the truth. We're just going to go through some scriptures here. We're going to talk about that. The Bible is our authority as Christians. It's our only authority. The Holy Spirit, you know, brings to our remembrance the things that we've heard from the Bible. You know, so the Holy Spirit is not the authority. You can't just say the Holy Spirit told me or the Holy Spirit led me. If it doesn't adhere or conform to the Bible, it is not of God. It, there's no authority from God if it's not in his word, according to his word. Let's talk about that a little bit. Obey the truth is the title of the message. Let's pray before we get started. Dear God, thank you, Lord, for today, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you for your word, for the truth. Thank you for letting me preach it, Lord. I know I don't deserve to. It's a big deal that I don't take for granted, Lord, and I appreciate, and I pray that you'd help me now. I pray that you'd use this message in my heart and in the hearts of every person here. I pray that you'd bless this church, help the right people to be here and the right people to come. I pray that you'd help us to talk to the right people and have the right spirit. And we just do it all right, Lord, according to your will and to honor you. Lord, and I pray that they'd come and we'd have souls saved and lives changed. And I pray that this church would be a church that is a light that does exactly what you want it to do. I pray that you'd watch over us. Watch over us today. Bless everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. First Peter chapter 1. Just a couple verses. I'm not going to read a whole chapter of 1 Peter. I may read chunks of other chapters, but I'm just going to jump off here from 1 Peter. It says in verse 22 of 1 Peter 1, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. I'll read just a couple more verses. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So obey the truth. It says it right in there. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit. So obey the truth. Let me throw a verse at you here. 2 Thessalonians 1.8 In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to obey the gospel. You've got to obey the truth. The Bible says you purify your soul by obeying the truth. That's what it says. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. So when you obeyed the truth, obeyed the gospel, you purified your soul. The Bible says you obey the truth through the Spirit. That's what it says here. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. And I'll just say, when that happens, you won't have to pretend to like church. And church is not the building. You guys know that. Church is the baptized uh, assembly of believers. Baptized believers assembled for God. That's what church is. And saved people enjoy fellowship with saved people. So that's not the point of my message, but seeing you have purified your souls, you purify your souls by obeying the truth through the Spirit. And that's significant. We'll talk about that. 
Unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Obey the truth. Again, I'll read 2 Thessalonians 1.8. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to obey the gospel. What is that? Go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'll turn with you even though I've got it in here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, He was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. Verse 7, After that, He was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, He was seen of me also, as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach and so ye believed. To believe the gospel is to obey the gospel. I just want to put this in here because it's Sunday school and I just want to keep hitting on this, keep hitting on this. Every time I get a chance, there's no more apostles. There's no more apostles. The Bible says just two verses right here that we could just know. From these two verses, we don't need any other scripture. This is kind of like in Genesis chapter 6 when it says, The sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took unto them, unto them wives of all that they chose. We can know from one scripture that the sons of God are not angels. They're not devils. They're not fallen angels. They can't be because the Bible says in one place in Hebrews, unto which of the angels said he at any time, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. So no angels can be sons of God. There's never been an angel called a son of God. And so you flip on back over to Genesis 6 and you know for sure that that means those aren't angels. Because of that scripture. Because of, so that's just an example in Sunday school. Amen. Here's another one. Verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 15 says, After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. Christ was seen by all the apostles. You say, well, he, was, he had already ascended to heaven before Paul comes on the scene. But verse 8 says, And last of all he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. You guys know that Paul saw Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus in the bright and shining light. The point is, right here, we can know that there's no more apostles. You know, I began to write this message about upon this rock will I build my church. And I wanted to talk about the church. And so really, that's probably how this chunk kind of ended up staying in there. Because if you look at a church and it's got trappings or things that are just clearly not biblical, it's not a church. That doesn't mean they have to have every doctrine right. But if they're ordaining or saying that they are apostles, not a church. There's no apostles today. Just super clear. Just super clear. Amen. 
Believe the gospel. That's what it means to obey the gospel. And the reason is, is because that's not flattering. You know, you don't just believe the gospel. You just know these facts. Okay, well, I got boom. I believe the gospel. I obey the gospel. No, to obey the gospel is to believe the gospel against yourself, against your nature. That's the problem. Believing the gospel isn't getting a revelation. It isn't coming to an understanding. It's not an assent to knowledge. Believing the gospel is surrendering to the counsel of God against yourself. That's what it means to obey the gospel and to believe the gospel. It means that you know that you deserve hell. That's what believing the gospel means. I deserve hell. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ is only necessary because we're sinners and we deserve death. So when you believe the gospel, you don't just believe, oh yeah, some guy lived, his name was Jesus, he died on a cross. I even believe he rose from the grave. That's amazing. That's not believing the gospel. That's believing the facts, certainly. And you better believe the facts. But believing the gospel, obeying the gospel, is to believe and understand that Jesus Christ was put to death for you in your place. That is not flattering. That hurts. That's a, I mean, when you realize that, that makes you realize you're a, you're a lowly, dirty dog sinner. You're a worm. You don't deserve anything but hell. Romans chapter 3. Turn with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Believe the gospel, obey the gospel. It doesn't just mean know the facts. Romans chapter 3, look at verse 9. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. He's not done. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's the Bible says we've been we begin with there is none that doeth good. They have all gone out of the way. He's describing everyone. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, verse 19, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. All the world is verses 10 through 18. Just no good. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law is only supposed to show you your unrighteous, filthy, worthless, lowly state. Then you be justified by grace, by faith. Verse 21, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible is real clear that all flesh is unholy and, and unrighteous. And listen, just because we're all in the same boat doesn't make it any better for any one of us. Doesn't make it any better for the one lost sinner that's sitting there saying, Good thing I'm not any worse than anybody else. Well, 
It doesn't matter, you know, just because we're all sinking and we're all doomed doesn't make it any more palatable for you. And I think a lot of people take comfort in this fact that we're, we're all sinners. I mean, when we begin to preach the law to people, we often hear if they'll listen, when their mind begins to digest it, one of the first things that they throw back at you is, well, we're all sinners. So they're taking comfort in the fact that, well, we're all in the same boat. And, and I know God's not going to send everybody to hell. So... I'm probably as good as the next guy. And, and literally, that is the thought process. But God won't, he won't unjustly pardon one sinner any quicker than he would unjustly pardon all sinners. You know, God is a just God. He cannot lie. If God is God and he is the, the ruler and creator of all the universe, then he's just. And he cannot just say, I'll just bring all your filthy, wicked sin into heaven. No, he is just. You must you must get your sin taken care of. And the Bible's very clear that all flesh, all flesh is unholy and unrighteous. But God has made a way that we would not have to be damned and we would not have to pay the price. The price will be paid. If you won't receive his payment, you will pay the price. It will be paid. But God has made a way that you don't have to pay it. But you do have to receive his gift. What's it going to take? Well, you got to believe. And what's it mean to believe? Well, you got to agree with the counsel of God. You've got to understand that you're a sinner that deserves hell. you gotta, you got to believe that and know that. And when you know that, then I believe when you understand that, I believe you'll call on the Lord. I believe that the Bible says, For this will everyone that is righteous um, confess unto him in a time when thou mayest be found. And I think I got that right. I think it's Psalm 32. But I believe that when you get to that point, if you'll get to that point, if you'll agree with God and agree with God and agree with God and get before the Lord, I believe you'll call on him. And I believe if you'll do that, I believe you'll be baptized. It doesn't mean you have to be baptized to be saved. And I believe, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have been saved and aren't baptized. But I do believe that a believer, the Bible says, by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we were all made to drink into one, into the same spiritual drink. So it doesn't matter who you are. All flesh is unrighteous and holy. Whether you be Jews or Gentiles, whether you be bond or free, whether you be the, the rich you know, publican or, or the rich, I mean, whatever he is, Pharisee, or the poor public, it doesn't matter. All flesh is unrighteous. But the Bible says, wherefore, as by one spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, are we all baptized into one body? And this is what I believe, and somebody could break this down and preach this verse for a long time, but let me just lay it out how I believe it. I believe that the Holy Spirit will lead believers to be baptized into, to join up with, to be a part of a, a local New Testament church. One body. You say, well, it's not a one body universal thing. No, but there's only one legitimate church with authority from Christ. There's all, they're all of churches, sure, all over. But there's only one legitimate brand of church. It's the church that Jesus Christ started. And I believe that by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Jews or Gentiles, bond or free, doesn't matter. All flesh is unrighteous and filthy. And we're all made to drink of the same spiritual drink. That's what I believe it means. So if you'll get to that point where you're low and honest and broken before the Lord, I believe you confess. And if you confess and receive the Lord, I believe you will endeavor to find a church and be baptized into it and join and serve the Lord. I believe that. You know, I just said I believe there's people out there 
that have been saved and not baptized and not put into a church and they're not serving God. And that's certainly the case. I mean, Lot, we see Lot. There are people out there vexing their righteous soul. But I think, and this is just what I think, that there's a lot more people that have been baptized into the church and they're sitting in the pews, but they've never been born again. They've never got to that point before the Lord where they received the counsel of God against themselves and they believed the gospel and they obeyed the gospel. And that's what has to happen. I don't know anybody's heart. And again, just because we're in the same boat doesn't make it any better for you. I think a lot of people take, take solace in that. Going on, 1 Peter is where we started. 1 Peter chapter 1, we read verse 22. I'll go back to it. You can go back to it, but I'm just going to read one more verse so you don't have to. But 1 Peter chapter 1. 22 says, Seeing you have purified your souls... In obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Verse 23 says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The seed is the word. All right. And I could give you a lot on that, but the seed is the word. Corrupt seed equals corrupt word, all right? Nobody's getting born again by corrupt seed. It says not of corruptible seed. It doesn't just say you're born again of uncorruptible seed. It says you're not born of corruptible seed. That's what it says. Nobody gets born again of corruptible seed, of a lie, of anything but the truth. The word that one must have and believe and obey to be born again is an incorruptible word. That's what it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's an incorruptible, perfect, that cannot be corrupted. It's the Word of God. It says it lives forever and it abides forever. Amen. Wow. So you won't be born again by believing and obeying another word, only God's Word, only the truth. You won't be born again by believing a word that isn't living Bible says by a living word, you won't be born again by believing a word that does not abide forever. All right. So if somebody dug up a word yesterday and they said, this is the word of God, you won't be born again by that word. It did not abide forever. All right. That's not the word of God. And I think most Christians would agree that the word of God is alive. I mean, don't you don't we all think the word of God is living and quick and powerful? I think every Christian would agree with that. The, the, the PAC Bible, pick and choose Bible people would agree with that. But how, how much harder is it? Is it harder to believe that it, God preserved it than it is to believe that it's alive? Because if you can believe that it's living, that it's quickened, that it is a, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and the joints and marrow discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart of man, if you can believe that, surely you can believe God preserved it. Right. I think that that kind of tells me that a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, it's living, it's living. But they don't believe he preserved it. They don't really believe it's living. They don't really have any. They don't they don't really have this incorruptible seed, not corruptible. The word of God, which lives and abides forever. Man, if if you have a problem with thinking, well, I don't know that God could preserve it. You know, man's had his hands in it. Man did this and man did that. Well, then how could you possibly attribute to the Word of God living, quickened? You can't. So this is the Word, it says, 
What does it say? This is the word being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. This is the word by which you must be born again. This is it. This is the only word. Again, if you got a new word, it, it doesn't abide forever. That's not God's. The word being alive is important. It's God's word. It's, it's, it's the life. It's the light. It's the word. It's all right there. Go to John chapter 1. Go to John chapter 1. You know, God does not give us like a voice from heaven, like somebody says that God laid a message on my heart or whatever. You know, I've never heard a voice. I'm certain Pastor Church never heard a voice. God does not. It's not miraculous. But when there's an idea just pricks my heart, I'm, and if I just get a blessing from it, I'm going to preach it. You know, I had, some, I had Michael and another friend over last night, and we were talking all kinds of Bible, all kinds of stuff, and none of it am I preaching. So it's not just because it came up or whatever. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I never know who's going to be here. And I, I don't know if everybody else does this, but when I write a message, I usually have somebody or some, at least some demographic in mind. I mean, if not a particular person, then I've got a group of people or, or something in mind as just who would I try to convince of this? Who would I try to sway to this? You know, because you, you kind of need to have a subject in your mind, or at least I do. I can't communicate with somebody that's just hypothetical. So my point is that I don't, I don't know why I'm preaching salvation messages all the time, but that's just what keeps coming out. And I've got a demographic in mind, and you guys, frankly, are not in the demographic when my mind imagines it. But the point is, God didn't whisper a message to me, and I didn't just make it up on my own. But this is something that is, is just I wanted to preach. So here it is. And I think that if you'd be in church all the time, every time that you would hear some messages that are probably for other people, but you would hear all the messages that God's got for you. And boy, is that important. It's very important. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. It's the Word, incorruptible, living, abiding forever. That's the only Word that'll get you saved. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Now the word is a hymn. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ is the word of God made flesh. I know that's probably something you guys know for sure, but that is really basic doctrine that most people do not know. Jesus Christ is the word of God made flesh. God's word, the word, has a different nature than fallen man. Different nature than you got. Different nature than, than unrighteous and sin. Not the same as God's word. You've got to be born again. 
Because you start off with a fallen, wicked, filthy nature. You've got to be born of that seed, of that nature. The Word of God that liveth and abideth forever, that lighteth every man, that quickeneth those. That's what you've got to be born again of. 1 Peter 1.24. We'll go into 1 Peter. You don't have to turn back there. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So you are of a fallen nature. You are of a fallen nature. The, the word is of a different nature, but you're like grass. You're like flowers. Your time is short. You are withering. You are fading. You are falling away. You're dying, literally, right now. If you are going to die tonight or in a hundred years, when you look back from eternity, it won't matter. You're, you're as good as dead today, right? Your flesh is dying before your very eyes. And if you've not been born again, you've got an old nature and your soul is condemned already. That's hell. That's death for the soul. The soul doesn't just rot away with worms like the flesh does. The soul will be in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone forever and ever, which is the second death. First death's flesh, second death's soul. The word of the Lord endureth forever. You're going to fall away. You're dying. But the word has got a different nature than you do. And this is the word, the Bible says, which by the gospel is preached unto you. Again, Jesus Christ is the word of God made flesh. So God's word has a different nature than that of fallen man. And you've got to be born of that seed. You've got to get that nature. But you're a sinner with a sin nature. And that's what the Bible says. Wherefore, as by one man, this is Romans 5.12, wherefore, as by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. So you didn't just inherit his punishment. You inherited his sin nature and you've sinned too. And I have another point that I'm not going to get into because I don't have time. But you are a sinner. It's your nature to sin. It's your habit to sin. You sin by choice. It is your nature. There is, there always will be no sin in heaven. All right. None. No sin in heaven. So since you deserve to spend eternity in hell for your unrighteous, filthy sin, you need a new nature. You've got to be born again of this incorruptible seed which liveth and abideth forever. Your current nature won't do. You must be you must overcome the world is what the Bible says. Go to Revelation chapter 21 and we're about to finish up. I'm almost out of time. In fact, I'm going to stop turning with you. I'll turn to this one. I'll stop turning, though, because I'm going to run out of time. Revelation chapter 21, look at verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters, what an awful, terrible list, and all liars. Oh, no, that's us shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So the fact of the matter is, we're all in verse 8. That is our nature. You need a new nature. And you can only get a new nature from an incorruptible seed that liveth and abideth forever. The word of truth, the word of God, Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So Jesus is truth. But the Bible also says that the Spirit bears witness and the Spirit is truth. 
So what you've got to do is agree with the Spirit, believe the gospel, obey the gospel. The Spirit is truth. What does that look like? Go to John 16. Go to John 16. I'm not going to turn to it. John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, says Christ. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Skip all the way down to verse 33. It says, These things have I, spoke, I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You've got to overcome the world. And that's what it means to believe, to, to obey the gospel, to receive the light, to receive the spirit, to come to the light, to agree with the counsel of God. All that, obey the truth, obey the gospel. That's what it is, is to overcome the world. Obey and receive the, the enlightening spirit of the counsel of God. Overcome the world. The Holy Spirit is the one with the holy message from a holy God about a holy Savior, and it's going to be prick the heart of an unholy sinner. And that's why you have to agree with it. That's why you have to obey it, because it's not just facts. You've got to obey it. You've got to submit to it. The Holy Spirit is light and truth. And I'll go to one more place. And that's where we'll finish up. 1 John 5, 1. I'll just read these. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that beget loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world... And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. you got to overcome the world. It's all faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. It says, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And I believe that that can go back to, for by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we're all made to drink of the same spiritual drink. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his son. This is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his son. He that believeth on the son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. So if you believe on the Lord, if you've overcome, if you've agreed with the counsel of God against yourself, if you've received the truth and come to the light and, and been born of incorruptible seed that abideth and liveth forever, then the Bible says you can know that you have eternal life. You'll believe the record which God gave of his son. And this is the record. 
that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. So three things I know you'll believe. And check this. Make sure you believe this. Make sure that when you go back to that time where you said, yeah, that's when I got saved. Make sure you believed this then. That God gave. is a free gift. Nobody earned it. This is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. It's eternal. You cannot lose it. You could not give it away. You could not... You could not trade it. He would not take it back. It is eternal. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. It is eternal. This is the record that God hath given. It's free. It's eternal. Eternal life. And this life is in His Son. It's only through Jesus Christ. If you ask yourself, what did I believe at that time when I, when I called on the Lord and said I got saved? Well, if you didn't believe that it was a free gift from God, if you didn't believe that it lasted forever, and if you didn't believe that it was only to be achieved or obtained by going to Jesus Christ and receiving it from Him, then you don't have it. You don't have the record which God gave of His Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. That's what it says. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. That's the record, what I just laid out. You've got to believe it. If you don't believe it, if you don't believe it in your heart, you're calling God a liar in your heart. And the Bible says, if you'll believe it, he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. So if you're 100% sure that both Jesus paid for your sins and you went to him and got it, and you're 100% sure that you can never lose it, you've got life, then I think you probably believe the record. But if there's any doubt of either of those things, if you say, I'm not 100% sure that I have the Son, but I know I've got life, you don't have life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. If you say, no, 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 I know for sure I've got life. I know for sure I'm saved and going to heaven. But I don't know for sure if I had the Son when I believed it and when I... He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. You've got to believe the record. This is the record. God hath given eternal. It's in His Son. That's it. That's what you've got to believe. Obey the gospel. That's what it means. Against yourself. It's admitting that you deserve hell. That's why this record is even relevant. Because you deserve hell, so He paid your price. Believe it. Receive it. Obey it. The Bible says in this same chapter that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And the Bible says that this is the Father's will, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. So if you would trust the Lord and call out to him to save you, no doubt he'd save you. It's the Father's will. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your record. Thank you for your son and your payment, your propitiation. Thank you for everything we've got, Lord, because we know every single thing we've got is from you. Certainly every spiritual blessing, every material thing. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for this day. I pray that you bless the messages to come. In Jesus' name, amen.